0: This week on Canada's Pinball Podcast, we're going to invite every single pinball podcaster out there to come on the show and talk about pinball podcasting. And we won't invite Canada's Pinball Podcast, the number one pinball podcast in the world. No, I had a laugh at Head to Head Pinball's podcast today because it's like everybody except me and Special When Lit. Come on, Marty. Come on. It's about time you invite the world's number one pinball podcast on the show. I've sent you nice emails. I've tried to bury the hatchet. Why can't head-to-head get over the fact that Canada's Pinball Podcast exists in the world? Let's do a show together. I've invited them on this show every time they want to come on. I'll I'll roll out the red carpet and we'll have a great pinball conversation. Um, but look, When there's no news, what did I say was going to happen? Pinball podcasters will talk about pinball podcasting, but we're not going to talk about that on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. What we're going to talk about is I got on my bike and I rode all the way to Brooklyn because I heard that Sunshine Laundromat had a Willy Wonka pinball machine and I've been waiting to jump on the game again. And I'm gonna read some of your feedback that I've received over the last few days. And I wanna talk a little bit about that because this is the big news. Willy Wonka shipped before July 4th. So Jersey Jack has got a game to customers faster than any other game they've ever revealed and released to date, which is very big news. Okay, so there's code 1.07 in the game. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm confused about code numbers. Can can, Can we for a minute talk a little bit about what does a code number mean now in the world of stern 1.0 equals pretty much finished code right they consider 1.0 to be like the game's kind of done uh, but we will continue to polish the game moving forward so you might see a a stern game get to 1.03 1.05 1.06 okay jersey jack ships Willy Wonka with code 1.06 and then allows you to upgrade immediately to code 1.07. And there's a lot of new sounds and speech and other stuff in the game. But I'm just confused as to why there's no standard within the pinball industry in terms of code numbers, right? It's confusing. It's like, you know, in, in a car, it's like we test zero to 60 and quarter mile, and then the numbers indicate how each car performs. But when it comes to pinball code, there's no standard of measurement. And so what does 1.07 mean? Uh, uh, what What is finished? Is finished 2.0? Is finished 3.0? I, I think in Jersey Jackland they get the code even all the way up to like 2.0, I think. I think I think Hobbit might be a two-point something. I don't know. It's really confusing. I also think it's really stupid. I think it's like this marketing decision. Oh, if those guys are saying they have this many miles per gallon, we're going to say we have one more mile per gallon, and and that means we're better. And I I think it's a lot of just that stupid hyperbole, and I wish we could have a standardization of codes. Okay, so Willy Wonka's on 1.07 code, and I said to myself, I want to go play it. I want to go play it in an environment in which I can hear it. And Sunshine's great at this. Their games are on loud volume. And so it was a really hot day. I mean, really hot day in New York. And I I got my bike fixed. Uh, One of the tires was flat. And and I rode all the way over the Williamsburg Bridge, all the way to Sunshine Laundromat. It's about a 45-minute bike ride in in, in saltering, just brutal heat brutal heat and humidity, and I lock my bike up, and I walk in the sunshine, and they weren't open yet. The guy wasn't there yet. I got there at like 1210, and they were open at noon. Finally, at 1215, he gets there, turns on the games. I'm in there by myself. I mean, there's nobody in there. All the games are turned on, and I'm so excited because uh, Wonk is there in living color, and it's 1.07 code, and I'm, I can't wait to play. I can't wait to play, and I take out $10 in quarters because I'm like, I'm going to play this game over and over and over today, and I'm going to see uh, you know how the game has progressed since I played it at Jersey Jack, and I go to put the quarter into the machine, and I can't because I notice that there's tape over the coin slot, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Why is that there? The game is on, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, I, I go to hit the start button because it's blinking and it says trough error. All right. And then I go over to the guy and I said, hey, like, is this work? It's on. And he starts shaking the machine violently. And he's like, oh, the balls sometimes get stuck in the trough. And so he shakes it in. The ball jumps into uh, the shooter lane. And then I'm, I'm starting to play. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe it works. And so I play a, a game. I play one game just to, you know, just to make sure it's flipping. And then I remove the tape and I put The quarters in, and I start a second game, and and on the second game, once again, uh, the balls got stuck in the trough, and they wouldn't load into the shooter lane, and the game's broken. So the guy comes over and he's like, well, I guess the tape is there for a reason. And he gives me my dollar back and he's trying to shake the machine. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay." So the game is broken. (laughs) It needs to have a a, a trough worked on over at Sunshine. So week one broken. So then I walk over to Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, let me just play some Pirates. okay?" no one's here. It's, It's as good as a home use environment. I put my dollar in and that game starts going into ball search mode. Game is not working. All right. So I don't know about you. But that that was my experience in terms of going on location to play two Jersey Jack machines. And I was bummed out. I was bummed out that Willy Wonka, in week one, a game that is designed for location play isn't working. And look. I'll cut them some slack. You know this. Sometimes games need something worked on out of the box. And, and Sunshine, you know, they get games early on, and they just throw them right out onto location. And a lot of people go to Sunshine. So it is a good place to test the reliability of games because they're going to get played very frequently uh, when you land in that environment. But look, you know, here we are week one, game broken already. And I'll tell you what games weren't broken. Black Knight was working fine, Star Wars, Deadpool. I got this great photo, I'll upload it, of Willy Wonka sitting between Deadpool and Star Wars, both of which were working completely fine. So I ended up playing, after riding my bike 45 minutes all the way to Brooklyn, I ended up playing mostly Black Knight, Star Wars, and Deadpool, all right? And some Batman they had there as well. Munsters is gone already, I don't know where that went. They had a Munsters LE, it's already out of there. Uh, I was hoping that Oktoberfest would be there. It's also not there on location. So, uh frustrating, frustrating that the game uh, was not working properly. Now, I do have friends who have received their Willy Wonkas, and I can't wait for people to upload their reviews of the game and talk about the game. I'll say this: I'm a little, I'm a little like curious as to why more people who have received their Willy Wonkas have not shared anything on the game. I mean, the thread is, like, dead. I keep going back in hoping that people who took delivery of their Willy Wonkas uh, will be talking about it and giving us their feedback on it. I will say this. The one game I did play, or the two games I did play at Sunshine before the game broke, uh, I, they definitely have some work to do in terms of the sound mixing. A lot of, like, loud, like, chimes and bells, and, you know, it does sound a little bit more like a casino uh slot machine than it does a pinball game. So I think, I think they're working on that, on evening out the sound in the game. But here's the one question, and I, and I brought this up on my last podcast, and I want to read some people's feedback because apparently I'm not allowed to talk disparagingly about this game at all. And I want to just, for the record, say this. When I first played Willy Wonka, the game shot amazing. They told me the code was .40, that the code had a long way to go. Now, do you believe that? Within two months, we went from .40 code to 1.07? Okay. Uh, I don't see twice as much game in there as as when I played it. I think the code was pretty far along when I jumped on it. So, you know, I, I focused primarily on the way the game shot, on the lights of the game, on the geometry of the game, on the mechanisms of the game, of the artwork on the game, and everything I saw when I played that game at the very beginning, I I really enjoyed. I mean, this game is a dream to shoot. It just is. It's it's a phenomenal shooter. Uh, It's buttery smooth. Uh, The lights are really awesome. I'll say this, though, too, and I think everyone would agree with this. When you play the game in a dark environment, it is really dark. And it's interesting that there's, there's there needs to be more spotlights in this game if they want to put this game into bars and into locations. And it boggles my mind. Here's what boggles my mind. That these manufacturers don't test the way the games look in a dark environment. Barcades, location play, not always the brightest overhead lighting. Even in your home and in your game room, if you play this game in a dark room, it's, it's brutally dark. And I, and I think people are going to realize that you need a Pin Stadium light set up uh, to make the game come to life in a dark room. And I hate advocating that pin Stadium is needed because it shouldn't be needed. And aren't we at the point now? I don't understand this. Why can't manufacturers, all this innovation, all the stuff they're putting in pinball machines, why is lighting still, still piss poor on so many new pinball machines that a company like Pin Stadium business is booming All they need to do is design a cabinet in which they indent on the sides of the cabinet enough room to put an LED strip and problem solved. I mean, we don't need spotlights anymore. LED strips were not available in the 90s when we were using spotlights left and right. The technology is so cheap and I'm talking like LED strips, you know how much they are? I mean, Penn Stadium doesn't want you to know how much they are. They're like five bucks. And people are spending like 100 plus dollars to get this, you know, Penn Stadium app when manufacturers could easily incorporate that technology into their games. Can you tell this podcast is not sponsored by Pin Stadium? Great time to get them. (laughs) You know, I love it. I love everyone's got like a sponsor now. Nobody sponsors the world's number one pinball podcast. Nobody. I should get my mom to sponsor the show. Anyway, so the game is dark. It definitely needs some lighting improvement. All right. So here's the thing. And I have a few friends who have the game. And I asked them one simple question. One simple question. And this is a question I want you to ask. This is a question I think anyone who's a a fan of Willy Wonka should ask. One simple question. And the question is this. Does the game make you feel like you're going through the chocolate factory? Is is that like a, a profound question? It's Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Does the pinball machine, does playing it, Make you feel like you're going through the chocolate factory. And you know what the answers I got from my friends who own the machine right now was, no, it doesn't. They said they think it. they're taking a different approach in which it's about collecting Wonka bars to exchange them for score. Now, the question I have is this, and this is just a question I have for anyone who wants to answer it at JJP, at Joe Katz, you know, all you other pinball podcasters that are out there, there's a good chance you'll be able to interview Joe Katz and maybe Jersey Jack. Please ask him this question because I've emailed them this question. I just can't get a straight response. There's One of two things is happening here. They have the rights to those songs and to those scenes from the movie and they decided to go a different approach with the game and they decided not to make the game feel like a mode-based journey through the chocolate factory. Okay, And if they made that decision, I'm here to tell you right now on Canada's Pinball Podcast, if Joe Katz and the design team decided not to do that, I think that was a stupid decision. And maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but you don't take an iconic movie that has all these iconic scenes, has all these iconic songs, and decide not to use them in a way that makes you feel like you're recreating the magic from the movie. You just don't do that. So the question I have then is this. If that's what happened, does Joe Katz love Willy Wonka? Is he a huge fan of Willy Wonka? Or was he just working on the game and assigned to do the coding for this game and he decided to make that decision? Now, that's that's scenario one, right? That they decided, even though they had the rights, to take the game in a different direction. And I'm a little worried that might be the case. The other scenario is very simple. They just don't have the rights to use... The clips from the movie with the audio from the film and if that is the case all i would like all i would like all we deserve is for them just to tell us that is the the case that is what we're up against they told us that with pirates and guess what happened people got over it people enjoyed the game for what it was so i would just like to know what happened how why is willy wonka pinball developing this way and i think it's a fair question to ask and the reason why I started this podcast with everything is awesome. Is yes, I think some of you are just annoyed that I even ask these questions. But why? Why don't more people ask these questions? I, I I just gonna hand over your money and just see if the game becomes what you want it to be after you bought it. Why? That's so silly. All right. And so I've struggled. I've struggled with this because you know I love the way this game shoots and I love Willy Wonka and I want this game to be awesome and I think it's just a code issue. I really do. I think code makes or breaks this game more than anything. I'm willing to get over you know, some of the issues people have raised about the mechs in the game and how they don't reflect the way those items are in the movie. I'm willing to get over that because I still think the game is gorgeous to stand over, and I still think the game is so much fun to shoot. I think it has much more going for it than working against it. Now, let me read something that someone wrote on my last podcast. This is from Jay Sebastian. He writes, man, you're all over the place. You don't get it, do you? You have a duty. It's an implicit duty, but still, you can't be hot and then cold. It pisses people off and discredits your opinion. You could just say quiet, just stay quiet or be very short about changing your mind. Also, you use Pirates of the Caribbean off to talk about IP assets or lack of on Wonka. You forgot how you savage the game about not having assets. Sheesh, man. You're like a 15-year-old. You're hot. You're cold. Well, let me tell you something, Jay Sebastian. And then I, I wrote back to him and I said, look, man, I can do whatever I want. Here's why. It's my show. And if I'm not allowed, if I'm not allowed to change my opinion about a game, that's ridiculous. I'll tell you why, Jay Sebastian. It's also ridiculous that, yeah, I savagely like discredited Pirates of the Caribbean for the lack of assets. I thought it was a, a shitty deal. Guess who else thought it was a shitty deal? Jersey Jack Pinball thought it was a, a shitty deal, which is why they went back to renegotiate the Toy Story assets. So if we all just shut up and just accepted what we got from them on, on the assets with Pirates, they would not have gone and renegotiated the Toy Story. Because we complained, they're going to make it better. And here's the thing too with Pirates. Read the reviews now. Go on Pinside. Read the Pirates of the Caribbean reviews. That game is getting like glowing reviews from owners who say the game is like amazing and awesome. And that's great. And I can't wait to play one properly in a home use environment. Now, if you're telling me I can't change my mind on Wonka, why? Why can't I? Should I not? I love that he's like, stay quiet on it. Okay, Uh, I have a pinball podcast, and what would I do every day or every week when I want a pinball podcast if I don't speak my mind about how I feel on a game? So, you know, I'm like a 15-year-old. I would love to see a 15-year-old capable of delivering 364 pinball podcasts. That is one precocious child, all right? So look, have I flip-flop on a game? Sure I have. Have I done it in the past? Absolutely. Batman 66, I used to say is one of the worst games ever. It's now one of Stern's greatest games of all time. The reason why opinions change in pinball, Jay Sebastian, is simple. It's because manufacturers show us products before they're done, before they're complete. Name me another nine dollars to $10,000 toy that customers buy before it's finished. All right, it's stupid. Do you buy a watch without all the mechanisms in it? Oh, I hope it tells time properly one day. Right? Do you buy a skateboard with three wheels? Hey, I can't wait till the manufacturer fi- finishes that fourth wheel. It's stupid. The notion that we are all guinea pigs with these games, that we give manufacturers all this money, and then we have to make up our mind on a game, oftentimes before we even get to play it because Stern LEs sell out before they even ship a single one. Stupid. And then And then all we get in terms of knowing if the game's going to be great or not are a bunch of streams... Oftentimes, the streamers are not really there to give their opinions about the game. There's rarely any pinball reviews that are completely objective. We know that for a fact. Yes, there are some great reviewers out there. Greg and Zach, don't get mad at me. You guys do amazing reviews. All right. Don't, I, can already, I can already see Zach being like, what are you talking about? Like, no, look, it's really hard. It's even hard for them. It's hard for Jack Danger because oftentimes they're asked to review these games before they're done and they're in the same boat we're in. And so, you, what, do you have to wait a year or two before a game finally becomes great? I mean, Batman is just finally finished after two years. Ridiculous. There's still no Star Wars topper. <laughs> I should just talk about the Star Wars topper right now. By the way, it's not out yet. It's been two years. Great job, Stern. You can't put a freaking R2-D2 toy from China on top of a game. Great deal with that topper. You got the Munsters topper out already. Any, Anyway, so you know what I'm saying is like, I think flip-flopping and changing your opinion about a game is just natural considering the environment of pinball, all right? And man, why doesn't it feel like you're going to the chocolate factory? So look, here's the deal, I'm I'm not going to belabor this, I'm not going to beat Willy Wonk into the ground now, I'm not going to savagely abuse the game. I think everyone needs to get time on this game and decide if it's a pinball machine for them or not. I think the code direction of the game right now is pretty piss poor. I think they should have made it more mode based about going through the chocolate factory. That's my opinion. I think they would have had a home run classic had they had taken that approach. All I want from Jersey Jack is to communicate to us why the game is the way it is. And if they decided to go against, you know, making the game the way the movie feels, then that's on them and we're allowed to critique or criticize that decision, are we not? So I also heard from someone else, like, they have the rights to three or four of the songs, okay? So where are they? Where are they being sung in the game, and why aren't they delivered to us the way they are in the movie? And why would you chop it up? Why would you start mashing that up? Why would you do that? I don't understand. It'd be like getting the rights to Phantom of the Opera, and we're not going to use the score that Andrew Lloyd Webber had. We're not going to play Music of the Night or, or, or All I Ask of You because, you know what, it'll get repetitive. I've heard that. I've heard that excuse. I mean, Jack sort of told me that. We didn't want it to feel repetitive. Let me explain something. Pinball is repetitive. It, By nature, it's a repetitive toy. It's coded to be repetitive. There's no way around that. But here's the thing. It's okay to be repetitive if you're repeating things that people love, if you're repeating the iconic magical scenes from movies, it's okay. Like when you play Lord of the Rings, isn't it repetitive? Like every mode is always the same. You can change the way in which you approach the game. That's where the randomness comes in, right? You give the player the ability to select what they want to play when they want to play it. That breaks up the monotony of the game, right? Right. You give them a chance, you know, the, random, the randomness of the ball. I mean, pinball is like this great, this is why I love pinball. It's this dance, this balance between the repetitiveness of the code, but also the chaoticness of the game itself and the randomness of the way the ball will go. That's why we love pinball. But if you remove the magic of the theme from the game or, or, or slice and dice it too much and mash it up too much, I, I think... You failed to create what people are really looking for in these games. And maybe you agree. Maybe you don't agree. Maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know. But I just think it's starting to feel like, ah, I don't know why they went about it this way. So easy to just give people what they want. And that's all this Pinball Podcast has always been about. Is just give the people what they want. We don't have a huge laundry list of things that we want, but the things that we do want in a game, we want to see for the prices of these games, All right, all right? So man, so that means the following. It means I'm gonna just wait and see what people's reviews are. I look forward to seeing people's feedback, and we're gonna get a lot of your feedback who played the game. And I can't wait. I just want if you if you've played Willy Wonka, email me at canadapinball at gmail.com um, or at least write in the pin side thread what your thoughts are on the game. I'm just curious what other people think. It's not just my voice, because ultimately the only thing that you should ever do. Don't just listen to me. Go play this stuff. Make up your own mind. I, I love that people get mad at me um, because I flip-flop. Make up your own mind. What? What? I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's my fault that, that I hyped you, then I got you discouraged on the title? Go play the game. See if it's what you want. Right now, the code is not what I want. All right. So speaking, I heard Christopher French. He gave me a shout-out at Pentastic. I, I guess there was a discussion he was having there. I I heard that he said that I think that designing pinball games is easier than it really is. And I I simplify the process of designing a game. Look, Chris, I don't really, you know, I I don't know how hard or easy it is to design a pinball game. I've never designed one. I do know this. It's not this impossible skill that only a select few group of people can do. No. If you you give someone eight hours a day to sort of sit over a play field and figure out how to design a game. I think a lot of engineers out there and a lot of other like graphic artists and designers could figure out uh, how to design a pinball game. Now look, is it an art form? Absolutely. Is it, is it the best designers are in a different level than everyone else? There are good designers, there are bad designers, there are mediocre, mediocre designers in pinball. Same thing with coders, you know, it's all over the place. So I don't think it's easy. But I also don't think it's this like unobtainable skill set that you have to do for 30 years because I would love to see new designers in the hobby. And I think we have to look no further than Scott Denisi and Eric over at JJP to realize, look, rookie guys are coming out with really interesting designs. And I think we need more of that. We need more fresh thinking in pinball. You know, when Pat Lawler says like, this is the most innovation you could ever put into a pinball machine in 2019, he's not telling the truth. He, he it's not like there's other things you can do. And I also I heard there was some like beef between Pat and Eric in, in terms of I don't, this is just rumors on Pinside, but that Pat wanted nothing to do with Pirates of the Caribbean because he saw it was a design nightmare. I don't know if I believe that. I, I don't. But maybe it's true. Who knows? All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? So we are very close to a new Stern pinball game. Now, here's one I think Stern is going to reveal their next pinball machine are you waiting for it are you ready they will reveal their next pin the week of or at comic-con now let's google when comic-con is 2019 now comic-con san diego is coming up i'm just pressing comic-con i think it's july right let's see I love when you guys have to hang on while I Google stuff. All right, so Thursday, July 18th through Sunday, July 21st is Comic-Con San Diego. So I would expect to see the next Stern machine revealed on that date. Now, the good thing about Canada's Pinball Podcast putting that date out there in the world, history has shown that Stern Pinball hates it when Canada Pinball Podcast predicts anything correctly. So they'll normally... Uh, adjust the reveal window just to prove me wrong. They've been doing it for years. It's great. I love it. I love that we get in their heads a little bit. So what do we think it's going to be? Jurassic World? The other title that I think is really interesting that some of you are starting to speculate that I could see happening is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in a half shell, turtle power, right? Why do I think this could be the case? Well, one reason why is one of their marketing guys over there, Jared, is the biggest TMNT fan. So if he's whispered any title into their head, uh, which one would it be, right? The other thing is Raw Thrills, which the Sharps are a part of, who make the arcade cabinet for, for TMNT, uh, we know they have the deal with, with Nickelodeon. I think it's Nickelodeon on that title. And so the licensing seems like it would be a slam dunk for them to acquire and do. But the question then becomes... Is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles still a relevant title in 2019, and would it make a great pinball machine? Uh, I'm torn on this one. Some part of me says yes, part of me says no. It's still an iconic franchise. Uh, we still all remember the four-player game uh, from the you know early 90s in the arcade. Uh, but you know, I don't think guys in their forties and fifties, which is the target audience for pinball. If you even Gary Stern said mid-40s is the target. So are forty-five-year-old men clamoring for a teenage mutant ninja turtle pinball machine? And I think if you look at it through that lens, the answer is no. I also think Jaws is like a no too. Like that's not what they want. More and more Mid-80s mid to mid-90s mid is the sweet spot for all licensing themes for pinball. So give me Top Gun over in Turtles. Give me Karate Kid. Give me Big Trouble. Give me Matrix. All right, there's so many more movies I would rather see a pinball based on than that. I'd rather have John Wick than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, but, but again, it's a timeless theme. It's been around for decades. Uh, and I, I think if like Zombie Yeti did the artwork and it had some really cool stuff going on and be very colorful— That theme song is just attractive. You know, part of what I realized in the arcade this weekend at Sunshine was this is where Stern wins. They just win on theme and theme song, and within the first few minutes, you're hearing the Batman theme. You're hearing the Star Wars theme. You know, you're hearing Ghostbusters. It's just just unbelievable to me that if you put the roster of games that Stern has available for people— It's just home run after home run after home run when it comes to theme. And that is why they do so well. That is why they are so successful. And that is why Stern Pinball has probably 90% of the pinball market. You know, I was hearing from people that are loving Oktoberfest. And it's great. It's great. But they're not going to sell like a fraction of those compared to like Deadpool. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So do you think Ninja Turtles is coming out? So here's the other thing I heard. Uh, And then I got to go. I got to get on a call at 10 a.m. The other thing I heard is that um, Greg Ferris is doing the artwork for Elvira. And I heard it looks amazing. I heard it looks stunning. And it looks like a version of like back in the day. So you're going to see a lot of... Elvira's cleavage in this game I also heard that Stern had like two art packages one with her cleavage and one where they put like lace over her cleavage so that's going to be interesting if Stern tries to take something like Elvira who her cleavage is her trademark and tries to cover it up in in the much more sensitive era that we live in right now I mean right Elvira goes against where the social trend is when it comes to female empowerment I mean she's all about like sex sells like that's her shtick Will they allow her shtick to come out or will, you know, I think it would be kind of lame if Stern tries to cover up Elvira. I doubt Cassandra will allow them to do that because that is what it's all about. That is why people love Elvira. And it is what it is. I I always hate it when we try to like politically correct, uh, adjust something like Elvira. Let Elvira be Cleavage abound okay Um, I also heard the title of the game might be Elvira and the Haunted House and that there'd be like a big castle in the back a la medieval no medieval madness kind of yeah we'll see I don't know we'll see what happens I don't know lots to lots to come on that all right what else but that's coming in, in October so you don't have to wait that's definitely happening Elvira and the Haunted House can't wait Kind of like Alice Cooper and the Nightmare Castle, which are shipping just fine. Everyone's getting their games. They're going to hit all 500 soon. What else is going on? So, look, another rumor keeps popping up. I did not even want to talk about this because it's stupid. It's stupid. I did this before. I recorded about this. uh, And it's that the Big Lebowski continues to be rumored to be coming back. And I keep hearing this from different people. And I don't know what to tell you. I hate talking about it because it gives false hope. If it happens, it happens. You know me. If the big Lebowski comes back, I I have to have one. It's just such a cool game. It's like, to me, it's like the perfect pinball world under glass. Um, But the drama is just ridiculous. I also heard someone whisper in my ear that like Raza is going to be a little underwhelming considering the hype. What do you think about that? Right? Deep Root, I saw they uploaded some artwork from Raza and I took a look at it. And I don't understand the strategy. Really, the, nobody is going to be impressed by artwork at this stage. I mean, the, the days of, I'm going to show you an art package and get you excited about a pinball machine. John papaduke tried that, and that, those days are long gone. Uh, so Raza, is it going to underwhelm us? Are our expectations too high on the game? How will we respond to Deep Root? We know they are going to have to reveal their cards in October. And let me tell you something. It's July now. August, September, October. Three months. That finish line is closing in on Deep Root like a speeding bullet. And they have to know that they're going to get one chance to pull the curtain off a game. And it has to blow people away. They, They know that. Right. I heard they're not shipping games internationally. I mean, they're really going in on, on wowing people in the domestic market. And they've talked a lot of talk. And whatever they show has to be like better than what we're getting from Stern. It has to be better, if not more impressive than Jersey Jack. And it has to have some innovation. And then this here's the silly part. It also apparently, according to their, their own verbiage, it has to cost like very little money. Like $5,000 and all this innovation and all this leap forward and all this connectivity. I don't know why they did that to themselves. And I, I always said they spoke a little bit prematurely on, you know, what what the games are going to cost, how many they're going to make, how impressive and how, you know, you know, expectation setting is really important. We saw that with Wonka. Uh, so October is coming very quickly for Deep Root. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I think a lot of people who uh, decided not to take the money and take the games from Deep Root are also anxiously awaiting to see if they made the right decision. Would I have taken the money or would I have waited for the games from Deep Root? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, but I think those people have been abused for so many years that it just made sense to take the money. No, sorry. <laughs> to take the games? No, they all, most of them are taking the games. They're not taking the money, which is interesting. Anyway. Look, I'm going to close this podcast on this this final note, and I just want to just implore all of you out there. Pinball's great. Pinball's fun. Pinball's awesome. Uh, this podcast will always exist to try and push manufacturers to give us the most magic we can get in a game. I also think we exist to expose things that are somewhat troubling us and on our mind. I, I saw someone post on the Jersey Jack thread on Facebook that I'm Mr. Negativity. Mr. Come on. Come on. I'm not Mr. Negativity. I get down and out on games sometimes. I call it like it is. If, if we were always wrong and people didn't agree with what I say on this show, why would anyone listen to just some crazy guy in New York rambling about pinball? I love pinball. I know you do too. These companies, they're so close, but sometimes they make compromises on these games that really hurt the game. And if if history's shown us anything, it's when we do give constructive criticism to these pinball companies, they'll get better. You best believe if you think the next American pinball game is going to have crappy artwork again, it's not. They have to have heard the feedback. If you think the animations are going to stay crappy in American pinball games, they're not. They're listening to the feedback. So feedback is important. And ultimately, when you ask people to spend a lot of money on a non-essential toy, we're allowed to give our opinion about the game. I don't want to live in a world in which everything is awesome because that's boring and everything is not awesome in pinball. And there's a lot... Uh, of improvement that needs to happen in this hobby to justify where these prices are at. Just remember, remember two things. Remember two things. Lord Lord of the Rings, fully featured game, $3,700. Okay? Go look at Black Knight Pro. (laughs) Almost twice the price of that game, all right? Go look at it, all right? Number two, you can't make a Willy Wonka pinball machine that doesn't feel like you're going through the chocolate factory. Everyone have a great day, I'll talk to you soon.